Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. What's going on, Your Place Church? Welcome once again to our online experience. Can you believe that Easter is just one week away? You know, by now we would typically be handing you invites, encouraging you to invite everybody to one of our four services on Easter weekend. We would be talking about our new service times, and instead we're encouraging you to just do watch parties, right? Encourage your friends or your family or your coworkers to just sign on next weekend during one of our worship experiences, because I want to remind us all, it is still Resurrection Sunday, and it's one of the most important days of our lives. So let's honor it. Let's give it the honor that it deserves. Amen, everyone. I can, I can feel you say amen through the screen. We are right here in James, the book of James chapter 4, and I find it interesting how the Lord works We've been plugging along in the book of James now for 15 weeks, and we think it's random what God is doing, but God is never random. Especially with Easter coming next week, we find ourselves reading James chapter 4, verse 13, and it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow, James says. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. Thank you, James, for just telling it like it is. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, to them it's sin, or it's sin for them, the NIV says. I want to spend a few minutes talking about these few scriptures today, but before we do, bow your heads with me right there at home. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there is no distance in the spiritual realms And Father, right now, just as you're ministering to me and and giving me utterance to speak right now, Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit is in every one of our living rooms, every one of our cars, wherever we're, we're watching this service today. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit is able to minister life to us. Lord, I thank you that you're already living in our tomorrows just as much as you're living in our todays. And Father, I thank you that this message, this word, comes to life to us. Show us where we find ourselves, where we fit in the story of Scripture, God. We trust you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we read through the the, the fourth chapter of James here, we think he's talking about people who are pursuing success. And you know, when you're talking about success and getting ahead, there's this age-old saying, there are two rules concerning success. Rule number one, don't tell everything you know. (laughs) 
my, my jokes are harder to tell if they're funny when there's no one in the room, okay? So I'm just assuming you guys are laughing, and I can imagine you guys are blowing up the comment section right now like that was the lamest joke I've heard all week, right? Whatever. I'm going to assume I'm still funny. But I want to alter your definition of success for a minute. If it's true, and it is, that our life is just a mist, as James says, then we should spend more time on what really matters. Verse 14, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, James says. What is your life? We're living in that reality right now, aren't we? I mean, it seems like things changed almost overnight. I mean, an executive order comes, and now I'm home all day, right? An executive order comes, and now I'm a homeschool teacher? You're a homeschool teacher, and you've already suspended your entire class for the rest of the year. What's worse is you didn't even get laid off because your industry was slow or because your company was, was suffering in some way. You just essentially were forced to, to stay home for a good reason, for a good reason, but yet now, seemingly overnight, everything is different. And we're asking ourselves questions like, I wonder how long it's going to be this way. I wonder how long we're going to be quarantined. And it feels like, I mean, it's already felt like an eternity. And then they extended it. Now we're going all the way through April? Can I encourage you, friends? Listen, this too will pass. And this life on earth is the briefest thing we will ever do. I'm going to say it again. This existence on earth, from the time you were born until the time you go and be with Jesus is the briefest thing you will ever do in your existence. So I know that this season of quarantine seems like forever, but in comparison to eternity, it's just a mist. It's here for a minute, and then it just vanishes away because we step into eternity. Now, Jesus did say that I have come, that you would have life and have it to the full. God's plan for you is that you would enjoy a blessed life, that you would have a full life, that you would have a healthy life. And again, this plague will pass. Can you say amen right there at home, friends? I need to feel that right now. Jesus' plan is not that you would live life just for life alone. And James, right here in our text, is echoing Jesus' thoughts here. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this city or to that city and spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. What is that? That's living for this life. It's not living for eternity. Verse 14, why? You don't even know what ha will happen tomorrow. What is your life, James says? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know, we've had a taste of how much things can change right here on earth in just a moment's notice. But at the end of our life on earth, there are really only going to be a few things that matter. 
only a few things that really matter. Number one, how did I raise and love my family? I know right now for several of us, I mean, sports are canceled. We're not doing recitals. We're pretty much staying home with our family and our kids, and we're enjoying this time. And honestly, your kids are loving this. And my, my concern is, is that when this all passes and this all fades away and we get back to our normal pace, is that we'll miss some of this that we're actually getting right now. There's really only three things that matter in life. Number one, how I loved and cared for and raised my family. The other one is, what did I do with the call of God in my life? What did I do with my gifting? And the third thing that really only matters in our life is, is heaven more populated now because of me? When we all get to heaven, are there going to be people there who are there because of my influence? And everything else in life really is just filler. And James is telling us right here that there's more to live for than just us. And I think in light of the last couple of weeks here in our nation, we're realizing that there actually is more to live for. And I'm just going to be honest. My heart breaks for parts of our world right now. I mean, there's so much helplessness, so much confusion, so much fear, so much despair and lack. I mean, Tyra and I, we're doing our best, to, and I think we're actually taking it in stride. We're making the most of it. But there are people who actually, my heart breaks for. People who have small children at home, and they just feel trapped. People who have no idea what's going to happen economically in their future, in our world. People who are genuinely living every single day of their life in absolute fear. Now, there was this moment recorded in history where Jesus' heart broke as well. And we read about that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Every disease, every sickness. Verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep. Without a shepherd, the scripture says, wandering helplessly, looking for hope, looking for help, looking for answers. They were like sheep without a shepherd, Jesus said. Then he said to his disciples, guys, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Notice, he didn't ask the disciples to pray that God would heal them. He didn't even pray that, 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 ask the disciples to pray that God would ease their pain or discomfort. Jesus said, I need you guys to pray for workers. I need you to pray for people. Because he knew that people need people. And this job is too big for just one person person or even a handful of people 
When we read Jesus talking about how the people need a shepherd, we think that he's referring to himself as the shepherd or, or to God as the shepherd. And that's true. They are shepherds. But a lot of us have attended churches where there's just one pastor and he's the shepherd of the flock. We're doing something different right now as, as a church that's like a family. We're creating a different kind of experience. Can you imagine what it would look like to have multiple shepherds watching over the flocks? How much individual care could the sheep get if we had multiple people doing the job of a shepherd? You know, David in the Old Testament was a shepherd, but he wasn't watching his own sheep. He was watching his father's sheep. And we are a family, just like David was a part of a family. And we're watching over our father's sheep. David cared for them. He protected them. He made sure that they were fed and that they were safe. We can do the same thing. In fact, Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks and give careful attention to your herds. I mean, we're very careful to know the state of our flock. But as you think about it, if we were all shepherds, then I would encourage all of us right now to pause and think about your life group. Think about the people you were serving with when we were meeting together in person. Don't just assume that the leaders of those departments are reaching out to those people. Again, we're doing our best, but if if we all consider ourselves as shepherds, man, we're all going to reach out to those people. And if someone comes to mind, shoot them a text message. Direct message them on Facebook. Check on each other, especially now, because we're not seeing anyone in person. Jesus is comparing us, the church, to sheep. And a lot of us know people who, for whatever reason, have either once had a relationship with God or maybe worshipped at a church, but for whatever reason, they, they're not worshipping any longer. And here's what we know about missing sheep. Missing sheep are either lost, they're either sick or hurt, or they found another pasture. Let's talk about lost sheep for just a second. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 12, Jesus says, What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep, which, by the way, is about the effective number of, of people that any one pastor can minister to, which is why at your place, church, we have several pastors on staff. But if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, which happens, especially now. I mean, life can cause people to wander from church, a shift change at work. I know right now for some of us, we're actually essential, and we're working longer hours than we used to work. And man, the only day we actually have to rest and to sleep are Sundays. And we have to be very conscious in our decisions not to stop worshiping God in these moments. It's, it's more that we've, we've got out of the habit of doing it especially during a virus scare where the government is asking us not to gather together. 
People are getting out of the habit of worshiping our Heavenly Father. I'll just watch the service later, right? I'll, I'll catch it later. Can I encourage you guys not to do that? Don't just assume you can just catch up on it. God is still honoring this time together, and he wants you to honor this time as well. And you can do that by getting your family up on Sunday mornings. Shower, brush your teeth, get dressed, gather a group together and have a watch party on Sundays. Keep your worship just as holy now as it used to be. Look what happens in Scripture uh, as, uh, as the shepherd has a lost sheep. The Bible goes on to say, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? The Bible, I believe, uses very specific words here. Will he not leave the 99? You know what? Not everybody needs attention all the time. <gasps> Thank the Lord, right? But sheep can actually protect each other. It's when one or two get separated from the flock that danger strikes. Man, I love the stories that I'm hearing right now at Your Place Church. Stories of one of our life groups that um, the life group mom had a birthday last week. And so all of the life group attendees, they got together virtually. They said, hey, let's all do signs that wish her happy birthday. And even though they're not gathering physically, they all got in their cars. They got their kids. They, uh, they, they did a parade around the life group mom's house. They were honking their horns, holding the signs up, saying happy birthday to her. That kind of stuff. I love the stories that we're hearing right now of, of you guys calling on the elderly or, or people who can't get out of their homes and making sure they're doing okay, finding out if they need groceries. That, that's what I'm talking about. I love that people are inviting people over to watch uh, the services together and, and hosting watch parties. And even if you can't be together in person, you're figuring out ways to be on, on digital platforms during service times. That stuff is so cool. What is all of that? That's the 99 taking care of themselves, which is exactly what we needed to happen right now. Is it possible that our church is the glue that's holding your family unit together? And as long as we're together, we're fine. It's the ones that isolate themselves that isolate themselves from the herd that become the prey to the enemy. They get offended because it seems like they don't have any real relationships now. They don't, they don't serve or they're not a part of any kind of a life group. Listen, if you're not a part of one of our virtual life groups, message us. We will get you connected to one of our virtual groups right now. Now is not a time, friends, to isolate yourselves. Matthew 18 goes on, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? Now, notice where it says on the hills, meaning this, if it were flat ground, it would be easy to see anyone wandering off. But a lot of times we don't recognize that sheep have wandered off in the hills. Hills can be rough country and it takes effort to go find sheep that are lost in the hills which can represent so much in different people's lives. We need to go to where they are. 
get on social media because that's where they are. I know we spent the last year telling people to get off of social media, but we're actually encouraging you to get on social media because that's where the people are. Use different apps like Marco Polo. Marco Polo is an app that takes, it's like a text message or a Snapchat that doesn't go away. You can see each other's faces. You can hear tone. You can have full-on conversations and then go back and listen to them again. When you're encouraging each other, it'll be good, man. They can play it again and again and again throughout the day. FaceTime, Zoom calls, like we can figure it out. The important thing is, is that we are going into the rough country where the sheep are. He goes on and it says in verse 13, talking about the shepherd, and if... He finds it. If. If he finds it. Talking about the sheep that has wandered away. Sadly. Not every sheep. Is found again. And it's one of the most difficult sides of doing what we do. Not everybody stays. Found. I know it breaks our heart, man, when we have people who have worshipped with us and we've seen some measurable success in their life. Maybe they were um, bound by addiction and for whatever reason they, they isolate themselves from the church. And man, it's only just a matter of time before they find themselves lost in addiction again. It's only a matter of time before they lose their kids again or they lose their living situation and it breaks our heart. There's not a day that goes by that me or one of our staff looks at each other and wonders if there was more that we could have done. If, there's, if there had to be some way, especially in a season like this. So we search for people, but sadly some of them don't want to be found. And it just comes with what we do. Verse 13, and if he finds it, if he finds it, Truly, I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that didn't wander off. Man, you have no idea the joy that we feel when someone who's been out of church for a while shows back up again. It brings us so much joy. And we hear stories of how people, even in this season, are signing on, are, 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 are watching our services again, and they're touched by the presence of God through the screen. It's amazing. Verse 14, in the same way your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Listen, friends, if we're all shepherds, we're all called to this. We're all supposed to know the state of the flock, to recognize when sheep Wander off and go find those ones and bring them safely back. So can I challenge you this weekend? Look around. Who's missing out of the flock? Who's not present? Who's not engaging on the, on the media platforms? Who, who have you not heard from in a while? Who has separated themselves from the flock? And don't take their reason for not joining a virtual group or, or watching the, surface, you know, the services. Don't take that as a good excuse or a good reason. Well, no one notices me. We've heard that one a lot. No one really notices me. Or, or I'm just one of hundreds to them. To, to who? To me? Well, I mean, maybe. We have a lot of people who worship here, but I can guarantee you 
There's someone who's looking for you right now. Someone who wonders if you've wandered off and they're reaching out for you. They've just got out of the habit of worshiping. They just need someone to notice them, to call them, to Facebook message them, text them. We all like to be noticed when we're missing. The second group is hurting or sick sheep. Now, it's no secret that anytime you get a group of people together like this, there's always a potential of some hurt feelings. Either someone said something or did something that rubbed someone the wrong way. People get offended with people. Can I tell you, sheep bite when they're cornered, friends, all right? Sheep bite. They get offended by pastors. They get offended by churches, by church people. And offense is a big, hairy deal. And it's been my experience that most reasons why people are hurt, particularly in church, It all boils down to a simple misunderstanding. It's a simple misunderstanding. So I can say this, communication is key here. Communication is key. Dare to have courageous conversations, friends. Conversations that, you know what? We're just going to go there and we're just going to talk about some things because I love you, because I miss you. And I feel like there's been a misunderstanding here. You know, we've done a pretty excellent job of creating a drama-free worship environment, as drama-free as as possible. I mean, we've got people from all walks of life who worship with us. And it's so much easier just to quit attending and remain hurt than it is to step into the pain of a courageous conversation. Guys, this applies to your families as well. So many times it's easier just to kind of sweep it under the rug and not have to deal with it, not talk about it. But then we're all walking around feeling funky, feeling awkward because there's this ginormous elephant in the room. Just have the conversation. How do we rescue hurt people? We have conversations with them. We hear them out. Most of the time, it's been our experience. People don't want to be right. They just want to be heard. They just want to be, they don't want to be right. They just want to be heard. And a lot of people that you're going to be talking to this week have had rough encounters with church, with church people. But because of a previous experience, church, pastor, church people, Many assume that all churches are the same. Oh, it's church. I've tried that. It may be possible that not all churches are the same. Be willing to listen to them. Be willing to hear them out. It's true about missing sheep. They're either lost, they're either sick or hurt, or the last thing is is they just found a new home. They have found a new pasture, And if that's the case, if they found a new home, can we just celebrate that they're found? I mean, we may ask ourselves why we weren't able to be our home for them. But listen, we are not about competition. We are not in competition with any other church in our county. So don't compare us with anyone. Let's just face it. There is no way that your place church can actually reach every single person in a 20-mile radius of this place. We need all the churches here. 
And if someone wanders from here and hops into a different pasture, at least they're safe. At least they're safe. So, go find the sheep, friends. Easter is next week. Now is the time. Now that you know what we're doing, help us find the sheep. And Easter is a prime opportunity to invite someone to worship in a digital gathering. Never before throughout their whole year are people more interested in a relationship and a message about Christ than right now. And I'm already hearing stories of people who are interested and plan on worshiping with us digitally on Easter. It's never been easier to expose someone to the presence of God than right now. All they got to do is click. All they got to do is click. It's just as if they're waiting to be invited. So what is James telling us this week? Listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go do this and we'll go do that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. James is like, life is, is so much more than that. Why, he says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Friends, there's a lot of hurt and lost people out there. And it's our responsibility to sit with them, to actually hear them, to pay attention, and to bring them to the shepherd. Can I pray with you today? Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing in the lives of all the people who are watching this service today. And Father, we trust you that even now, Father God, people are coming to our heart, people are coming to our thoughts. Father, that we haven't seen or heard from in a while. Father, we're not going to just pass that off as just some passing thought, but Father, we're going to recognize that that is a prompting of your Holy Spirit that I need to reach out to them. And we're going to do that. And Father, we recognize that in this service right here, right now, there could be people watching today that honestly, if we were going to be honest, we're living for ourselves. We're living for the filler part that our life doesn't really matter. If I could take a second and just minister to you, Jesus has a bigger life for you than that. And I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. It's a simple prayer of giving your life to Christ. So I would encourage everyone, don't just turn off, don't just turn this video off. Be a part of this moment. Be a part of this moment. If you're here and you're watching this, and you say, I've never began a relationship with Jesus Christ, and today I want to. Or maybe you're one of the lost sheep that once had a relationship with God, but you've walked away, you've wandered off. Maybe you felt hurt. I'm talking to you today. If this is, if the Bible says today is the day of salvation. If I'm talking to you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for leaving the 99 and to come looking for me. And right now, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life and to make me a brand new person. I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Listen, if you made a decision today, we would love to give you some things to help you in your Christian walk. If you'll just message us uh, at office at yourplacechurch.com, we will find a way to get that information to you. You can direct message us on all of our social platforms. It doesn't matter. We, if you can just tell us how to connect with you, we will get you some materials that will help you in your Christian walk. Amen, everyone. Listen, Easter is next week. We're looking forward to, to signing on with you next week and seeing everybody together online, whatever virtual platforms you're on, hearing all the great stories. We cannot wait for Easter weekend, Resurrection Sunday. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more. 